When I fall, I got parachutes. 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 What you gonna say? What you gonna do? What you gonna gonna Is what they say true? And all these questions, I make sure I am still on top. And all these questions, I make sure this train is hard to stop. No matter what I say or do, no matter the song or two, it's me you cannot drop. I'm in a parachute up in the sky. I- I'm in a parachute. I'm soaring down. Parachute. I'm soaring down. When I fall, I got parachutes. Politicize every song I sing. Tell you about a reality. You're living in a virtual reality. You're sucking on the tit that feeds you lies. Getting screwed by a system of ties to our demise. We are blamed. Why blame us? That's insane. All we know is pain. Control us for 300 years. Our epitome of fears is in a machine that broke us. Made us get out of focus. Preacher told us, stop that hocus pocus. Look what we had. Our culture was just a fad. What they didn't still do is sad. It makes me mad. Why be racist? It's made us faceless. Made us into your slaves. Land slaves for your wage. In this first world country, you're the entire Repeat and recycle. Put more money in guns. We make war to be free. We make war to be free. Are we really? Giving him my all. Giving him my all. Gotta stand tall cause I'm giving him my all. Hi, I'm Christina. Hi, I'm Care. Um, I use she, her pronouns. And my pronouns are he slash him. And welcome to our new show called Wake the F Up. So in this show, we're primarily going to be talking about feminist issues and uh, you might think that that's where the F comes from from our title but you know that might also be a word that we don't know the background to Um, yeah Christina what are your thoughts yeah yeah Um, our our title is a little play on the fact that a lot of the times uh, feminist is it's it is such a stigmatized word it's this the second you bring it up around some crowds it's like you've you know uttered a really horrible horrible seriously christina what the hell are you a feminist (laughs) oh my god do you hate all men oh you (laughs) bra burning lesbian yeah i know seriously for shame (laughs) um but yeah in this show we're just gonna before we begin i guess we're just gonna talk a little bit about how we ourselves got into uh the whole feminist and social justice movements and yeah, just to give a little bit of a background to why we're here and why we are talking about these issues, because uh, mainly we are angry <laughs> and we <laughs> don't want to continue in this world uh, where people are just being oppressed. Uh, Christina, what are you, what's your background about feminism? OK, um, yeah, I was not always a feminist. So right around the time that I was starting university um, and everything leading up to that point, I definitely held a post-feminist kind of school of thought, which uh, post-feminist, that's a, uh, it's a term that we use to describe this ideology that a lot of uh, sort of, I guess, lay people to the subject will kind of subscribe to. Mm-hmm. Um, so a post-feminist basically believes that in our society where we live, uh, We don't really need feminism anymore. That's something that is an old issue. We're done with that. We don't really, uh, basically, the common argument they'll use is like, well, in other parts of the world, sure, they still need it. But here we're good. Mm -hmm. Women have jobs. (laughs) Women can vote. Yeah, women can vote. They can drive. That's all they need, really. That's just... (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and honestly, it's a little um, backward thinking for calling someone a post-modern uh, feminist or, you know. And uh, definitely, I I subscribe to that too because um, that I relate to that because that's how I used to be too. Because I'm, well, I'm from India to give a little bit of background. So uh, you can already tell that it's not, um, in, in some parts of India, it's already not a very safe environment for a lot of women because there's so much gendered crime. And um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm a light-skinned brown boy. So growing up in India and being a cisgender male, I have, I've always had privilege, you know, like um, just being light skin tone, not being dark, not being ridiculed for being dark. And I've always thought that, hey, I've always had this like sort of power imbalance wherever I live. And I, I never really thought too much about it because it was something that was so normalized. And yeah, my eyes were definitely open when I came to university, too, when I started making friends from like different backgrounds and cultures and all these different all the different races and it was just so eye-opening that oh my god these disparities exist everywhere and something yeah. needs to be done to address this yeah yeah absolutely yeah so um i'm very glad for the experiences that i had that uh led me out of that post-feminist way of thinking um i don't know if it was the same with you if it was like for me it was my women's and gender studies classes oh, absolutely yeah okay yeah. yeah um yeah so i uh in my first year of university which was in 2013 uh that is when i was really first exposed to feminist ideology and it was it was a bumpy road and initially kind of the conversations would start and I'm just like I was still trying to resist I was still trying to resist for a substantial amount of time but then you know the way that courses go the origins of ideas are explained and the background is given and real life examples are made and we spent a lot of time in that course actually a lot of the writing assignments where we would learn about uh the current discourses and we would learn about uh, these ideas that our society holds and we would just kind of be like, oh, okay, well, this is this arbitrary thing. And then the assignment would be, so how does this relate to you in your life? And then you're really forced to think about it. Like you're really like made to confront how it actually plays out in your life. And that really did it for me. Oh yeah, definitely. I took one intro class to women's and gender studies and that was it for me. Yeah. That was enough to really open my eyes. I, and you know, that also went in addition to, um, all of the experiences that my friends have described to me. For example, like I still have like female friends that work late nights and just the fact that they tell me that they need to always check the back seats of their cars just to make sure that no yeah. one's in there. Yeah, you were saying there was like a specific example yeah. of your friends. Oh, definitely. Recently. And and it happened so recently and I, I just go my life without having to think about these things because I'm a cisgender male and I don't face these oppressions the same way that women do and the fact that there are still you know people saying that well what what else do you want like wh why are you still feminist like do you just hate men do you want to be better than men and as a man i can in fact say that that is not the reality <laughs> because mm -hmm. i myself am I'm a feminist am i giving women a pedestal to just be better than me no mm -hmm. i think the entire movement has such a stigma around it just because this clouded perception that everything is fine and we're all okay and that gendered violence does not exist at all and that is something that really really needs to be addressed and i think on this show we're we're gonna hit those points absolutely yeah 
Um, yeah, and that's um, people tend to uh, in my conversations with people in my life, friends in my life who don't. Uh, and I will say they don't understand feminism yet because one of their first points is that I'm being insensitive or according to them or I'm being uh, not caring enough about men's issues. Uh, Basically, which is so ironic, <laughs> which is so ironic it's to so me. It's so incredibly ironic. Um, so basically, uh, we are made to spend so much time discussing with these people, um, explaining, we're, we're, they want us to sell it to them. They want us to explain it to them in a way that feels good to them. And mm. then if we say something that they don't like, then they just are completely comfortable with ignoring everything we've said. So it it really it doesn't get us very far to um to try to explain it um and actually back in uh uh a little a couple months ago i was i was having a lot of these conversations like i was having some coworkers at work uh that really love to talk to me about how much they think i'm going to change my mind about having children and they really oh loved yeah they really loved to talk to me about how they knew all the answers to how to address sexual assault um and uh, i was just having a lot of these interactions in my life so um if i could uh i have this little rant that i wrote at the time that i'd like to share with you oh go off sis yeah there's a canyon of disconnect between feminists and those who choose to ignore social justice issues. For those of you who consider yourselves non-feminists, when you chime into a discussion, when you choose to engage with a feminist on the rights of minorities, have you considered that we've heard everything you're saying? When you demand to be listened to and demand that everyone's opinion matters, have you considered that one of the many reasons we reject your words is that it's boring and repetitive? That we've heard it a thousand times before? For every woman that speaks up and says, this is what men in my life have done to me, there are a thousand men chiming in to say, not all men, you know? <laughs> you shouldn't make broad generalizations. Do you want to know why we say all men? Because if you are a man, you do need to look into yourself, no matter what. If you believe that you are doing sufficient work in advocating for social justice and equality, you're wrong. If you believe in equality, there's always work to do, and the first step is looking into yourself. As a white, able-bodied woman, cis woman, I will always have work to do in combating internalized racism, ableism, and other forms of ignorance towards marginalized groups. Let that sink in. It doesn't matter that I've immersed myself in an activist community. It does not matter how much work I do for social justice. I will always have more to do. So you, sitting there and demanding that we clarify, not all men, likely believing that you're one of the exceptions, honey, you're not. You're part of the problem. If we are standing on two sides of the canyon... Every time one woman says, I feel unsafe walking home at night, at the other side of the canyon, there are a thousand voices screaming back, men are more likely to be victims of violent crimes. Mm -hmm. Men don't have it so easy, we can't show our emotions. You say you're for equality, but why do you hate men so much? You'll keep shouting it over and over. It bounces off the can canyon walls, the echo chamber that has been going on for eternity. 
You'll do everything you can just to hear us say you're right, feel good about yourself, and walk away. It's amazing to me. Honestly, you think you're blowing us away with these arguments. Every time you bring up some point, every time you nitpick, every time you think you astonish us with your intellect. I don't care how special or specific you think your argument is. They all follow a pattern. And we, as marginalized individuals, we see the pattern. And you don't. In your everyday everyday life, you simply don't. You don't see how many others are parroting back the same nonsense you think is so original. You don't see the toll it takes on us. The boredom. The exasperation. Imagine you are a nuclear physicist, and every time you speak of the intricacies of your work, there are a thousand voices shouting back, Hey, did you know electrons have negative charges? (laughs) Like, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) So the next time you see us as frustrated and say that you're not all the special snowflakes that you think you are, this is why. The next time you see us not wanting to gauge, engage in your petty argument, this is why. There is a world of knowledge out there that you are actively ignoring and demanding that we spoon feed to you what we know. And then you immediately try to tear it down. Over and over and over. So, the next time you're about to chime in to some feminist discussion and try to make it about you, whether you're trying to make it about men's rights or your own need to steal the discussion and make it about your own feeling good, maybe flippin' don't. I am speechless. <laughs> yeah. I Because you, no one could have said it any better. Like, I truly, truly, truly believe how much work me, as a man, I still have left to do. And it'll never be enough. Because I have led this life of, I mean, yes, I'm oppressed. Yes, I, I have to deal with racism sometimes on a daily basis. And, th- and you know, sometimes I, I normalize that. And, and I, I got my own problems. You know what I mean? Of course. But that doesn't mean that I, I am oppressed to a point where I still don't have any privilege, you know? Like, there's so much privilege that I, as an able-bodied cis male, and I, I hold so much privilege. And if I am not working hard enough to make this a world where other people feel the same way as I do, then my entire work is garbage, you know? Mm-hmm. And and not to say that, no, this is not to say that people who are already working towards things, they don't matter. Of course they do. And yeah. literally there's not enough appre- like appreciation that can be put out for you because you matter and you are making a change in this world. But I definitely agree, you know, when people say not all men. Well, Yes. 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 Yes, All men. That is a cue for you to look into yourself. Exactly. Because we all have work to do. All of us. And like, whether you're privileged or oppressed, we all have work that we can do. And of course, being mindful of fact that if you're oppressed and you're marginalized, like care should be taken to, Mm -hmm. you know, like you need to focus on your self care because the whole world is literally against you. Seriously. And, and this is also to say that I, I own up to my mistakes from the past. I've definitely had sexist attitudes before. Have I perpetuated transphobia or homophobia at some point? Probably. I don't remember what the instances were, but I'm sure that I'm not exempt from this. You know, I'm not this activist model who people should aspire to be because I do all this work. We all come from places where, you know, we live in our bubbles and we're ignorant to certain issues. And, and that's fine. But 
if you are not unpacking yourself and your privilege and really putting in work towards these issues, then that's a problem. If and and this is something that I think I saw in one of my women's and gender studies classes where if you sit back and just say, well, I am not perpetuating any crime and I am exempt from, you know, doing anything mm-hmm. about it and I, I'm already making this place a nice or I'm making this place, a, this world a nice place for everyone because I'm not harassing women or doing things like that. Yeah. And and I'm fine because I don't do these things. Well, you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. Because you're still a part of the problem. What are you doing to m- stop these instances of violence? Mm-hmm. What What are you doing? Inaction is complacency because then you're not challenging the people who are in power and the people who are in power are perpetuating this oppression. Seriously. And and you can't just sit back and say, well, this doesn't affect me because at some point it affects everyone. And And to go back to what Christina was saying about, you know, talking about feminism and making it a feel-good factor for everyone to kind of digest like just have it digested like it's it's so ridiculous to me that even me as a male when I have to defend my feminist thoughts I have to say well what do you mean like women are trying to be better than us that's not true and this affects men as well I don't think that there's literally any reason for people to need an incentive to start being more attracted towards feminist thoughts i don't think that men should get an incentive that well this harms men also Mm -hmm. and you know i mean we're gonna talk about toxic masculinities in our show we're gonna talk about how men can benefit from feminism but Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be an incentive that is set in place for men to believe well i guess if it benefits me then I should I should look into this. I should maybe look into social justice. Yeah. And this this whole discourse about well toxic masculinities and things like that where people reject it and say, "Well, I don't want to be n- not masculine. I don't want to be feminine." And this whole like, you know, stigmatization of toxic masculinities where mm-hmm. they think that we're attacking actual masculinities. I think that it's all just redundant. Like this this shouldn't be an incentive provided to men to go ahead and save women from being attacked by the patriarchy that has been happening historically so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We are not required to try to sell to you why you should be interested in the basic human rights of all people, of all people. It's not just one group of people. This is literally pushing for the equality of everyone. And yes, actually, feminists are very much interested in the dismantling of gender roles that mm-hmm. uh, that really have negative consequences for all genders, including men. There are societal expectations that men are not supposed to show emotions. Men are supposed to be angry and domineering and all these things. And of course, that has negative effects for men. But that doesn't mean that we need to bring that up and sugarcoat everything and try to talk about that to an excess to make this appealing for you yes this is an issue but the fact that people are demanding that we bring this up every single time we talk about our own issues it's like well who is this really about do you actually care like seriously what a great point yeah who mm -hmm. is this about does this like how are you being affected if i am fighting for my own rights 
Mm-hmm. I, I seriously will never understand this mentality. Yeah. I know where it comes from. I know where it stems from. But how it comes into its entire entirety, I'll never guess. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll never know. And mm-hmm. I guess that's the work we need to put in to really dismantle these mentalities and, you know, go get into more progressive thinking. And um, yeah, and one of the things that you touched too about who's who is this about? Like, and this happens in anti-LGBTQ work as well. Like the whole, well, why should my kids be subjected to uh, gay characters? They're going to turn gay. Subjected to gay characters. <laughs> Seriously. What? Wow, well, what a tragedy. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> but your kids are not going to turn gay. My goodness. Uh, well, you're subjecting us to your straight life. So yeah. Like, well, how about how about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm so afraid that my kids going to grow up and if they choose to be a binary cis woman and and that's what the life they lead and I'm I'm going to I'm so afraid that they're going to say, "Oh my god, I really want to date a man." I'm going to be so upset if that happens. Oh. I, Christ. I feel for you. Because, <laughs> you know, they shouldn't get the right to choose at all. They shouldn't. No. They shouldn't love who they love, you know? <laughs> I mean, wow. Wow. The straight agenda, truly. I know. What are they up to next? Gosh, Nuclear families? I don't know. Literally attacking the fabric of this country. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't felt the vibe yet, uh, these are the things that we're going to be talking about on our show. And we're super excited. And we also want to acknowledge that we're not perfect. We make mistakes, oh, yeah, too. Absolutely. And as Christina mentioned, there's literally nowhere for us to stop. We need to continue to talk about these issues. We need to do our part in addressing these issues. And a large part of it is also learning. So if anyone ever has anything to say to us, please don't be afraid. Yeah. Again, we also want to say that we're not here to entertain people who want to challenge feminism. No. Because that takes away a lot of time from our activism and our lives already as students. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we're not here to do that. We're exactly. not here to watch. Even that will be, they'll be like, well, don't you care about free speech? Oh, honey, <laughs> we've heard it all before. Oh, boy. If, <laughs> <laughs> reference to 20 minutes ago when we're talking about how we've literally heard all of your arguments. Seriously. But really, um, yeah, no, we should try to soon set up some kind of forum of communication where people can you know, throw in suggestions or criticisms. I mean, if it involves any person who is, you know, of the post-feminist or anti-feminist school of thought, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's up to us whether or not we're going to respond to that because as we've just mentioned, we both came from there. So if you think you're astounding us with your intellect, I can almost assure you that we've seen your argument before. So I think I I, I would go ahead and say I I definitely assure you (laughs) that we have heard it all and we're Mm -hmm. we're not we're not going to waste too much time on that. However, Mm -hmm. if you have any questions or anything, we're definitely going to be here to answer those questions. But yeah, um, we're just we're just tired. We're just so tired. I mean, what are we asking for too much here? Are we at like human rights? Basic human rights? Equality? Every single person should have basic human rights. Is that really like? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know where this stems from. I don't. Yeah. I don't know why it's so hard for us to demand that. But here we are ranting about it on UMFM because here we go. this yeah. is a good outlet. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Um, so we have a couple minutes left here. I guess yeah. there's a few things that we could have touched on, but mm. um, I guess um, I actually um, I, I am actually curious to hear about maybe some stories in your life, Care, where um, you or friends that you've had have faced difficulties with uh, having to live up to the expectation of uh, toxic masculinity. Oh, boy. Well, uh, <laughs> let me tell you. Well, coming from like a traditional Indian family, too, there were so many expectations. Well, and my parents have become a little more progressive because they have That's such great. a yeah. rebellious child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they definitely have learned a little more. But just growing up, these expectations of always getting into sports or always getting into fields that were more dominated by men, you know, like this expectation was always there. When I first came here, I was, well, I don't want to say forced, but I was definitely forced into uh, taking biology or like sciences, you know, to keep up that Indian male tradition, like of being in computers or things like that and mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. do not have the brains for that that's not how I'm wired at all <laughs> I cannot do that I took one class got a C was like well see ya Peace and out. <laughs> that was it for me yeah. and it, it took a while for my parents to understand that you know like that I can actually make a living if I do a degree in arts and that's Absolutely. a concept lost on a lot of people yeah but but you know there were these things that I had to tackle to get to where I am right right now and and they still sometimes have a hard time understanding why I'm associated with groups like justice for women and you know why I call myself a feminist which is mm -hmm. you know it takes a while to unlearn these things that you've lived your entire lives with but they're getting there yeah and there's actually one aspect of that that I'm really curious about that I really see as a recurring theme um, in the lives of, you know, uh, the lives of men in my life that I, mm. you know, that I care about, people that I would really consider family. Um, a thing that I hear over and over is that a lot of men just don't have support systems in their lives to talk about their feelings like a lot of women do. Absolutely, because they're taught to. They're yeah. taught to not have those support systems, right? Exactly. Because... I still remember when I first like f was learning how to ride a bike and I fell down and I was bleeding through my knees and it, it really hurt. And I was like, what? I, I don't know what age that is when you learn to first yeah. take off your training wheels. Yeah. But I remember uh, my friend who was like older than I am and she was teaching me to ride the bike. Mm -hmm. She was teaching me and she said to me that, what are you talking? Why are you crying? Men don't <sighs> cry. Boys don't cry. Oh my goodness. How? And you were and just like little kid. And I was a little kid, you know, and that's one of the first things that we learn. And even even as girls, like as girls, they're, like they're taught to be the only people that can cry over things. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I still remember her clearly saying to me, what are you, a girl? Oh, my goodness. And and it, it was just so ridiculous to me. Mm -hmm. And these things that were ingrained, right, like uh, that are ingrained in us. That, and it follows you. Yeah, it, it truly does. Man, last last semester i was suffering from um an eating disorder and starvation and uh generalized anxiety disorder yes. and sorry it, to hear that it, it's fine like i can i can talk about it openly and i'm fine yeah. now because i found my support system i mm -hmm. found the help that i needed and just because of the way i grew grew up and the, where i grew up it was just like 
hard for me to accept that I had a problem, that I had that that I that something was not okay. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah, and and we talk about how it's okay to not be okay, but we also need to get that help, right? And when we teach men that you are stronger than this, that you are not a woman, you need to um man up and <laughs> I don't know like where are your balls you know like, <laughs> <laughs> grow a pair <laughs> grow a pair seriously yeah. and it's so hard to get into these um systems where i can get help for myself you know absolutely and i see that with so many men so many men are hesitant to accept help from anywhere mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah definitely i think a huge thing that we'll want to talk about on this show is that regardless of uh of who you are. Well, not regardless of who who you are, but basically all people should have access to support systems. All people should have emotional support. They should have their basic needs met. And that's really what we're standing for on this show. And uh, that's all the time that we have for this time around. But we're so excited to chat with you next week. And we're excited for how... Uh, you know, the weeks to come are going to go. I am very pumped. I'm very pumped that we have an outlet to really talk about these things. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Care. Thanks, Christina. Hold on. I will stay strong and hold on. It won't be too long till the storm passes. Then the rain dries just like the tears in your eyes. Life can give you a surprise, bad and good, and in the hood, the pressure is high. I understand the pressure you had, man, you was our dad. Lost a child, I can't imagine, left a wife, bills are racking. Four daughters, a mother and a brother, we still love you and still get blue. But I know how you would want us, it's hard, it still haunts us. I stay strong, not cause of me.